Blog Talk Radio. Firefly Willows L.I.V.E. presents The Amethyst Oracle, Divination with a Queer Twist, featuring your hosts, Heisey Luckmers and Charlie Harrington. The Amethyst Oracle. Delve into life, death, and everything betwixt, between, betwixt, and beyond. Between, and beyond. Betwixt, between, and beyond. With a queer twist. The Amethyst Oracle. Divination with a queer twist. And now, here are your hosts, Charlie Harrington and Heisey Westmuth. pleasure for the very first time we have a crossover episode two worlds collide to combine the oracular powers of two different podcasts and bring for you the latest and greatest in the world of tarot also we're going to emotionally heal two birds with one rose quartz crystal and take care of two episodes in one show on my right on the internet i have hostess with the mostess from tarot visions Rose Red. Hi, Rose. Hello, Charlie. How are you? Fantastic. Tell the, the people who've never heard your dulcet tones before a little bit about yourself. Um, all right. I've been doing tarot visions with you for about the last three years, and I've been doing readings uh, in real life and on the Internet since mm, 18 years or so. Uh, you can see me at Bay Area Tarot Symposium or at my meetup in Fremont. Woo! And yeah. on my left, behind this fabulous curtain, laying on a divan, feeding himself peeled grapes, is none other than High C. Lutmers. Hi, hi. Oh, hello, hello. How are you, darling? You look very comfortable. Thank you very much. Hold on. There, I had to put my fan away. There we go. <laughs> you uh, have one of your slave boys fan you. <laughs> well, no, my slave boy is my fan, therefore I had to have him go away. <laughs> right. Um, 
could have fans. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and so I host the Amethyst Oracle with Charlie, and I also host another show, Revolution, on Blog Talk Radio. And I've been offering Tarot and other services for uh, 15 or so years now. And you can find me at tarotbyhighsea.net. You can also find me at the Sacred Well in Oakland. Um, so that's me in a nutshell. There we go. It's a lovely nutshell. Thank you. Right on. My slave boy will be back to crack it. Woo! Speaking of nuts. Anyway, um... So now that everyone listening has one and a half times their normal prescribed dose of tarot readers... Oh, my goodness. It's getting real in the background. <laughs> there we go. Um, but we could talk about trending topics in tarot, because I like alliteration, and so should you. So, when I, um, so we'll uh, just sort of gab about a few of the, the major issues of the day. Um, uh, so I thought we might start off with... There have been a lot of really fabulous um, articles about tarot, but in non-New Age sources. I've seen things on Jezebel about uh, tarot readers, and I've seen things on Huffington Post. So, and I feel like, Rose, you've recently been interviewed for one. Yes, uh, Culture in San Francisco, and that should be coming out shortly. Uh, Just asking, you know, what's the latest things that I've noticed and um, Nancy Garcia uh, is the writer. So looking forward to that coming out. Um, and it'll, you know, talking about what, what's going on in, in the local area of Tarot in San Francisco. That's pretty cool. So what, why do we think that there are these sort of uh, interest pieces about Tarot? They, they, they sort of, a lot of them have a similar format, which a big part of it is, Tarot readers aren't the way you might think. They have they, they don't wear headscarves. They don't have beaded curtains. They talk That's about That's not true. You know, exactly. I have a, a lovely headscarf and I'm wearing it right now. And and, and I've got lovely beaded curtains. <laughs> yeah, but um, theme- however comma. However comma. Yes, I, I get your point. Not all of us dress in silk, but some of us do, don't don't we? We do. And but it seems like a big part of the articles is sort of for the non because the the reading uh, the readership of, of the these um, online magazines or blogs uh, typically isn't a tarot reader. Um, so or, or a new age person. To yeah. So yeah. it's like they have to get past that hurdle of, of people's expectations. Um, but mm-hmm. what if have people enjoyed the uh, any of these recent articles about tarot reading? Verse. I have. I, I you know okay. I was waiting to to say. Um, no, I think it's 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 interesting because I think we are coming back to um, being a society that accepts. Uh, different viewpoints and different tools of being used. Um, again, uh, you know, when there was the hoax, well, the reminder that Andy Griffith died, um, people were saying, oh, my God. And, and everybody's like, wait, 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 that was 2012. And somebody went, yes, but do you remember in this episode, uh, you know, he got a tarot reading in Mayberry from his neighbor down the street, and she was a normal person. Like, it wasn't a witch. It wasn't the crazy lady from the circus or the carnival in town. But it was just, you know, his neighbor. And the cards were quite... Obviously, they were a Rider-Waite deck because that's common. And, yeah, it was like, okay, yeah, he got a reading. And that was just part of the episode, which was kind of nice, you know, versus lately, um, within, like, just after the 80s, it kind of got to be, oh, no, tarot reading. What's that? Oh, you know, whatever. Um, so I think I think that the these articles are reminding people that no, it's 
not something that has to be scary. It's not something that's uh, so taboo anymore or again, I guess. Um, and I think it, it's, it's a little bit nice to see a welcome versus a skeptical view as well. That's the other thing I've, I've been noticing, too, is you get that. Here's this great article about a tarot reading. And then here's this counter article about a skeptic saying, hey, that's bunk. And my response to the that's bunk is, no, it's math, actually. But, you know, that's just me. There's definitely been, uh, I know, uh, um, Ben and Bill Wen, who we've had on the show, um, mm-hmm. uh, talked about, she did an article for BuzzFeed about the next generation of tarot readers. And mm-hmm. that went over, it was, it was interesting. So in the comments, you get a lot of the skeptics saying, like, this is all tripe. <laughs> and then in the tarot yeah. reading world, there was a strong reaction to, so one of the, the I've seen is like the side effects of these articles that are sort of like, tarot is safe, tarot is nice, is the diehard fortune tellers among us, myself included, having a, a, a moment, like a, a strong reaction thinking, but you can be a, ter- a, a fortune teller. And um, I got past it because I, I saw that, that for all of these articles, that hasn't been the, the point to sort of say tarot reading is, is crap. It's just, you know, this is how other people read tarot, but... I've just, I noticed that some of my fortune telling brethren and sistren, um, aren't comfortable with the sort of, um, cleanup act some of the articles do about readers. What do you mean by that? So, um, a lot of the articles, so you mentioned like, you know, making tarot feel safe for, for people sort of doing the like, um, the thing where, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the fortune tellers or sorry, tarot readers uh, today, they're not doing fortune telling. They don't believe in seeing the future. Um, uh-huh. they're all about, uh, emotional, ch- uh, growth and life goal planning and things like that. And that's what the new tarot readers are. They're not, they're, they're not your grandma, they're not your mother's tarot readers and, or your grandmother's tarot readers. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, which, I mean, there's a lot of truth to that, but I think uh, some people got, got, feel like it's, it's trying to sort of, uh, cleanse <laughs> or, mm. or, or, uh, sanitize the, the idea of tarot readers and fortune tellers. Have you seen any of these, I see? <laughs> I have. I'm, for example, I saw a thing on Lonely Planet, the website. <laughs> um, you know, the travel and, site, right? Yeah, and somebody was talking about traveling to New Zealand and identifying different public places that they could look out for, where they could just set up and do readings for people while they were on their trip. Um, and you know, so and I think it's interesting of taking Tarot out of the gypsy parlor and into the everyday world. Um, that on the one hand, I think is a good thing. And I think some of what those articles that you're talking about to do, I think it's a good thing in that it, it, and this is what I think some of the old school Tarot readers may kind of react against. It it Mm -hmm. does demystify it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and while I think that's a good thing in terms of gaining a little bit more of an acceptance in general and not this demonization or it's of the devil or it's bad or evil or whatever yeah. you know i think it's good on that level my concern is kind of what's happened with the mindfulness movement oh yes where that's gotten very one it got kind of diluted from what it really is for and really is about now that it's being embraced by every especially technology company but just in corporate america and all of that and it's now becoming commodified which means it's just another product to sell um, whether it's somebody selling their cds about how to do mindfulness or whether it's somebody uh, who is charging a ridiculous amount of money to go into a company for two hours and theoretically 
show them all the benefits of mindfulness, how to use mindfulness and how it's going to make everybody more productive and more profitable, yeah. you know, and and I think that that's the danger that some of this um, mainstreaming of Tarot could have mm. um, because it just becomes another product to sell and loses some of its. I think that the the demystifying is a, a, a negative thing in the sense that that's just part of the appeal and part of the aspect of the tradition of Tarot, mm -hmm. that, that slightly mystical side of things. Mm -hmm. um, but it also becomes very attractive to people as a way to take advantage of people and make money. And I think it's always been that for in some way for some yeah. people. You know, you have the, the, the gypsy stereotype and all of that. Um, but this just makes it yet another product to sell and to package and to market rather than recognizing and honoring what it really is and really has to offer. Yeah, it's interesting, the mindfulness one, and I think Tarot relates to this as well, um, is that the the weird, the, the goal of mindfulness, it, there isn't really like an end goal <laughs> that um, of productivity. And if you're practicing mindfulness and, and you're meditating and you're kind of open to the messages that you're receiving, or if you're reading Tarot in that way, the answer could be, I should be less productive at work. I should take more days off. Um, I should postpone the deadline of this project I'm working on so that we can take more time and refine it. And, um, or, you know, and I'm going to be happier that way. And that, that sort of, I don't think that exists for the people who are trying to kind of use mindfulness as a tool to just get 10% better at their, at their job and make more money. Right. Well, right. And it, it's taking away what mindfulness really has to offer, because I'm like, what what does somebody do if they're doing a uh, a, a true mindfulness, a committed mindfulness practice mm. when they suddenly come up against that mindfulness practice, bringing about the realization of it's not healthy for me to work 50 or 60 or 70 yes. hours a week to try to, you know, get this startup to an IPO situation and make all sorts of money. It's I need my balance in life and work. I need there's other things that are more important. That is to me what would start to come out of mindfulness if somebody was actually doing it committed and over a long term period of mm -hmm. time. It's not going to be the the key to them taking their company IPO and getting double the stock price from what they initially thought they would because they were doing mindfulness practice. <laughs> there we go. We sat twenty minutes a day, we meditated and then we uh yeah. Uh it's interesting. I, I know you guys probably both remember back in the early 2000s when we had the, the secret movement. It's sort of like mm -hmm. the mindfulness thing in the corporate world is what the secret movement was in the sort of vaguest levels of the, the New Age community. And I'm not um, I'm not kicking the, the whole practice of the law of attraction, but the way people were making use of the law of attraction over the time was just like, okay, so if I use this practice, I will make more money. You know? Right, but then they missed a step of oh, all I have to do is practice. I don't actually have to do anything. Mm -hmm. right. And I think that's not the point of either of these practices. Mm -hmm. It's it's being mindful of what you're going to do, but you still have to do stuff. Yes. Well, and, that, and, and that's where you start to see the danger in this, the, the Tarot side of things is mm -hmm. people start to look at the Tarot as having all the answers. And all I have to do is turn over a card and it'll tell me what to do and fix everything and have the answer. And they miss, because mm -hmm. the secret was just a, a diluted and a very, very weakened and kind of misguided approach to the law of attraction. 
Um, mm-hmm. Like you were saying, it missed really a lot of the foundational aspects of the law of attraction um, with your part of the process. And you have to actually be doing something with it, mm-hmm. not just like sending your wish out on a piece of paper to the universe. And then it just I mean, magically it word. comes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's what I would be concerned with on the Tarot side as well, is mm-hmm. people would start to think, oh, all I have to do is turn over this card and it'll tell me how to make a million dollars. It'll tell me how to get the man of my dreams. It'll make my situation better uh, because it'll have the answers. They they miss the whole process of mm-hmm. understanding the symbolism in the cards and how to work with the cards and how they communicate with each other in order to bring about a deeper message rather than just turning it over and it's a, a quick flippant little, I mean, you can get that, but there's more to it than that. Yeah. Um, Western culture has a way of sort of embracing wholeheartedly a spiritual practice. Like it's been feng shui, tarot, law of attraction. Um, Reiki. Misusing, you, you, yeah. you see it with Reiki because now people think they can go and in uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday weekend go through all three levels of Reiki and be a master by the time <laughs> yes. they leave on Sunday. Yes. and but then Well, that's because they read three books about well, it, so now they're an expert. And if well, you that's know right. that, right? If you go about it incorrectly or, or, or without the, the, the – if you go about it incorrectly, what happens next is a worldwide like sort of declaration that, oh, that didn't work, and just sort of discarding it. I think that happened mm-hmm. a lot with feng shui. Um, with other, you know, with the, the secret and uh, the law of attraction, people sort of like gave themselves a real good two months of doing it, and then their lives didn't weren't dramatically changed, and they sort of just discarded it. So I wonder, yeah, I, I I'm I'm for more tarot readers, and I'm for so I think one of the great things about these articles is yeah they're introducing people to you know a different side of tarot than they might have been aware of, mm-hmm. and I think that that is a, a noble a noble thing but yeah I, I just what there's a line somewhere. well and so 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 an example of that mainstreaming mm-hmm. was also at the um at south by southwest mm-hmm. uh i think it was last year actually that this was done not this year um but showtime of course tying it into their show of penny dreadful which is an amazing show Love and it. the main character is a tarot reader you know mm-hmm. and so they they tie it into that but um, they created as they, they created an app for the people at South by Southwest mm-hmm. that they could. It, it had the the tarot deck from Penny Dreadful. Mm-hmm. Yes. However, the cards were designed to look like the cards and and that you were doing a reading, but they were actually ads oh, when you would pull them mm-hmm. and. Uh, so you would you would pick the cards, but what the cards would then tell you are what are the most popular trending locations at South by Southwest right now? You know what what's the the most uh, what's the hot topic at South by Southwest mm-hmm. right now? And so Turo suddenly becomes just another marketing tool in so, that way, and 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 you see that in the Turo world as well. I, I've noticed a lot more of a corporate style marketing approach and push Mm -hmm. um, that sometimes makes me feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because, again, I feel like it's just being commodified. Mm -hmm. And other times I feel good about it because it makes me excited and like, oh, it's 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 reached a level where it can kind of do this kind of thing. But uh, but I, I sometimes question the motives 
uh, of who gets involved in approaching it that way and using it in that way. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a fine line, and I kind of go back and forth. Well, that's an interesting trending topic. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. So, is it on? So, like, have you seen this mainly on the websites of readers when they're talking about what their services are? Or that's I think that's where I've seen a bit of what you're talking about. Uh, well, I've seen that, but I've also seen it in bigger ways where it's. That you know, there's a there's whole websites created, and then it's about memberships, and then it's about you know, go get this book that just came out to go get sign up for this class and go do this and go do that and go attend this conference and do this and do that and everything else, and it's just, I, I mean, if I watched that like on Facebook, it's it's I feel like I'm seeing nothing different from what the other sponsored ads and sponsored things in the feed are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it looks and sounds and feels very similar, which you could argue isn't a bad thing. It shows Tarot has just become mainstream in the sense of very accepted as just a mm-hmm. normal part of the fabric of things. But on the other hand, is it taking away from what Tarot is and is it diluting it down to just another product to be marketed and sold to people? Mm. Hmm. Any thoughts That's there, Rose? Well, because my, my brain, my first thought when you started talking about corporations and that sort of thing was uh, one of the people I used to work for, their um, their whole approach. They had, you know, the mystical side, but they also specifically did corporate gigs where they would go to corporations and meet with, like, the marketing team or the business team and do a reading for the team and talk about the culture that they needed to um to to convey uh and and to cultivate and but made sure it was very clear that this was a mystical thing to help them versus just another mark you know way to make money mm-hmm. um and i don't have an issue with that kind of thing i'm all mm-hmm. for taking tarot into unexpected places yes. i think right, tarot exactly. should be done in all sorts of environments and especially in places and environments that it's not normally expected to be seen so that it reaches people that might not normally think about getting a reading or have exposure to where they could get a reading mm-hmm. but right. but it, but the process there it sounds like still was honoring how tarot is used anyway it's right. just a, the team is the client versus a one-on-one client but it's still being done in the same way i'm talking more of the process no no and that's that's what i was agreeing with it's like that was the first thing that came to mind and then you started talking about these other products and uh, and then it made me realize ah it's that now we've gone too far moment as you know okay so you go to a thing but then there's these other people who were like oh let me come and tell you how to make money by using a reading versus hey let's use the reading to help you make your company better do you know what i mean right and it's a very fine line yeah and it, and it gets tied into other things where people now, you know, are trying to sell it with NLP uh, mm-hmm. classes and, okay. you know, other types of <laughs> things. And Explain I'm just like, what NLP is, please. Uh, <laughs> I forget what it stands for, actually. Neuro-linguistic programming, is that what it is? NLP, yeah. I think you, yeah. you I thought you said NLP as in a record. Oh. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. And I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. calling an, an, an LP. <laughs> but, no, but, but I've seen yeah. magazines you, where they'll have like a cutout deck. You know, and it's like yeah. a fashion magazine or something. And you're like, well, uh, okay. So there's interesting, kind of on that topic, there's, so okay, as, as Californians, we've, we've all heard that during the gold rush, the people who made money in the California gold rush were not the people who came out and were panning for gold. It's the people who came and opened general stores that the people panning for gold would go to and buy their, you know, their food and their their, their supplies and things like that. And there's a way, it's sort of like, 
I feel like in tarot, sometimes with these, these different classes and, and uh, these uh, online classes or marketing schemes, there's sort of the um, uh, a way of sort of being very predatory <laughs> about other tarot readers. Um, so, so I, mean, I think it was Marcus Katz who said, like, most tarot readers were always advertising for, to other readers. And there's some of these classes and things that I've really enjoyed. I liked, I mean, a guest on the show we had, uh, Teresa Reed, I liked her uh, tarot business in a box products. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was some there there and the price wasn't too insane. And right. But it was also marketing it to tarot readers specifically. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was sort of, that was fun. But then I've seen just so many of them of like, uh, pay to be on this conference call about spiritual businesses and how to have your spiritual business and market your spiritual business. And I, and I work in marketing in my real, so I'm not anti-marketing, <laughs> but it's just sort of this weird predatory thing of like selling someone maybe a, a tarot readers a bill of goods sometimes and um like calling things marketing that aren't marketing mm-hmm. and uh calling and, and sort of preying on um i feel and sometimes probably without even realizing that they're doing it but like kind of preying on tarot readers sort of lack of knowledge of, of marketing and business practices when they're selling mm-hmm. some of these things but have you seen any of this i see uh yes and you can correct me if this is mm-hmm. not touching on what you were just talking about, but because it, it makes me think that you start to, it's almost like people stop being tarot readers and they start worrying about their metrics and their analytics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that's really something that needs to be part of mm-hmm. <laughs> being a tarot reader, because yeah. how do you really measure those things in terms of how, what you're offering is, benefiting the people that are getting readings from you well something in the readings it's sort of like these are people who want to make money off tarot but instead of giving readings what they're doing is teaching spiritual marketing to tarot readers and sometimes that's that's very valuable and i've heard of really great ones and i've heard of also people being fleeced with these things Uh, well and i and i think it's because it's if it's fleeced then i think it's people that are coming from a strictly business or marketing background and have no knowledge, no understanding, nor any interest in the tarot mm-hmm. and are just seeing it yep. as a market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some of that definitely. And also, um, if you hired someone to help you with the marketing of like of your business, um, you're probably going to, I mean, it often that's a one-on-one thing and often and what these things usually are is these big classes. And often you would expect like a market to have to receive like a marketing plan um for your business at the end of these and some of them it's no you're gonna go in there and they're just gonna sort of expound upon i don't know it feels a little predatory I, i'm not anti-corporate i'm not anti-marketing uh, i just feel a little bit sometimes with the uh there's a uh, rather it's easier like selling readings and finding clients can be hard it's easier to find tarot readers and mass in tarot communities and just try and sell them something sometimes it's so to you a question mm-hmm um do you do you think that there should ever be some sort of a tarot corporation or do you think that tarot should never go corporate like it and 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 i don't mean like what rose was talking about of going in and doing readings for a marketing group at a company or something like mm -hmm. that but i mean if somebody started like tarot inc Mm. and was now a corporation that was based around tarot and selling tarot and marketing um, tarot and all of that. Um, we already have that <laughs> in a couple of places, but they're called publishing companies. Um, well, there's, there's one in 
There's one in particular that comes to mind. We will not mention names. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, it just depends on what they end up actually doing with it. I mean, are they okay? Now tarot is now our trademark and no one can use it kind of thing. And then they become the Disney corporation. Or are you saying that, you know, I think that, that, that tarot is too well known and, and I don't think that could or would happen in this, in that sense. But I do, I do see that there could be a, a problem with, okay, we have now decided this is the only way to do it, and this is the package you will buy. If you do not buy this, you are not actually teaching tarot. I've, I've seen it happen, and what I've, what I've seen happen is, um, so it's one thing to have a tarot company, and you have a tarot company, and you, you give readings or whatever, but um, mm-hmm. there's been a, some, some groups have had these practices of then, like, going with their lawyers after other people to keep them from doing something similar and being very territorial. And I think one good thing about sort of the tarot reader world for a long time was there, there wasn't, uh, maybe I'm naive here, but there wasn't so much, there was a lot of collaboration rather than seeing everyone as competing with each other. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I mean, this happened a few years ago with like, you know, you, we own this, tarot like the, the, the tarot conference and you can't have any tarot conferences around here or we own the tarot holiday and you can't have a uh like you, no one else can talk about the tarot holiday if they're not like us and now i'm also seeing it if you're on like tarot groups i understand groups that are um tarot groups online like tarot like some groups say like do not advertise your own products you know or yourself or your business on this, th- this group is just about talking about tarot, and that's fine with me, but when it becomes um, only members of our group can advertise their services and no one else can, it's like, ugh, it's a little creepy. It can be, but again, that depends on the tarot community. I mean, if it's a community about, hey, this is how we do readings, versus this is the cards I'm making, there's that line again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know that I would join a group where all they did is talk about all the cards that they're they're producing, um, because again, part of it's for me, I'm, I have, you know, I collect cards, so that would just be not safe, uh, for my credit <laughs> card. But on the other hand, um, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, being aware of here's the rules, we're trying to be more inclusive versus, uh, trying to sell you a product. Mm-hmm. It's more of a discussion. So I think that that's okay to say, please don't. <laughs> You know, I, I think mean, that's, that's fine in a group that's sort of like if like there's a tarot Facebook group, I think it's called Oracle Tarot Re- uh, Readers and Oracle Collectors or something like that. And and they're one of the ones that say, like, except for one day a month, please don't advertise your own products. We're just going to discuss this. But they're also not making any money. It's just a tarot group. But then they're right. sort of trying to make money. And in order, one way to make money is if you want to men- mention your services, you have to pay for a membership, you know. What yeah. do you so, so can you, Rose, explain a little bit more about whatever publishing company is not to be named, but what, what you what you were referring to about that? Um, well, for a while, said tarot company um, had the rights to a specific deck, and if you produced anything very similar or similar enough, they would come after you with a cease and desist letter. Ah, Stuart Kaplan is a Robert Baron, robber baron. I'm going to say it. Stuart <sighs> Kaplan, if you're listening, you're a robber baron. I well, didn't say that. I didn't. <laughs> Rose did not say Rose that. Rose did not say that. But she has a picture of you on her desk. Rose, that's because Rose said he's a carpetbagger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she never used the words robber baron. 
No, no I did not. Uh, I, I, I would not have well, used those words. I would have that, thought those words, but I did not use those words. <laughs> but that's, anyway. part of, that's part of that corporatization and marketing. It's like, yeah, exactly. I don't think that we need so many decks out there. You know, there's another deck every other week. And we, I don't know that we need a deck for every theme and all of that. Now, I'm not opposed. And here's a trend we can talk about. I'm not opposed to self-published decks. Mm-hmm. I think it's great when people are doing it themselves and are then mm-hmm. being able to benefit from it themselves. However, I think there are larger companies that have simply jumped on the Tarot bandwagon, whether recently or have been on it a long time, and mm-hmm. have just almost diluted it because there's they just put so much product out and there's never there's never a lot of substance to a lot of what they put out. And it it Let's sometimes it. they feel like sometimes they feel like they're putting out the same deck with new pictures. And not anything, not new content or, okay, we know that that one artist sold that, that one deck was really awesome. He needs to make 10 more of those, but not in the exact same way. They need to be like off by an inch or a thing. And then, yeah, you do feel a little bit like you're, you know, it's not innovative. But then again, but then you have the flip side of that, which is then you have these awesome creators and I will use this specific person. Rachel Pollock created this really amazing tarot deck. And the world did not know what to do with it. Um, of course, now I can't remember the name of the deck. Shining um, That's the one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was so innovative and so different. But people just could not. Its time hadn't come when it came out. Mm-hmm. And, and so, again, I think that, or like, for example, the Voyager deck, which fortunately for, for James Wallace did take off. There are those decks that just change the face of tarot but then there's the other ones that are like every single card is exactly the same except for the art is a little tiny bit different mm-hmm. um you know and i think heisey is right we don't need to have a different deck every day um do we really need 10 halloween decks other than me no everybody doesn't need 10 <laughs> halloween decks other than me um you know but on the other hand it's supply and demand. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I'm, There's, it, it's hard to make that, that distinction. I don't, I don't know. But, but is it really supply and demand? Because the more it gets corporatized, the more it's about the quick return. So, mm-hmm. uh, so a, a deck creator can make an amazing deck. But mm-hmm. if they're being treated like a movie premiere where it says, okay, you know what? It's been six months and you haven't sold X number of units. Therefore, we're, we're taking your thing out of print. We're putting something new on the market. But if they perhaps allowed it to have a bit more time and put a bit more marketing muscle behind simply bringing awareness to those really, really unique, different envelope pushing right. decks, we might see greater acceptance and, and you know, uh, more of a long term greater sales amount than this need for the quick turnaround that the corporate mentality has, which can be detrimental to people who are truly innovative because they're going to look at it and say, this won't, this won't test well with our focus group and our demographic. You're like, okay, but sometimes how do you get innovation? How do you get things, you know, to evolve and how do you move into something new? Which brings me back to that more trending topic of the self-publishing thing that's going on now and the ability for people to do it themselves, um, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Their Kickstarter has, in the last like, two years, been the sort of created the, the genesis of a lot of decks that just wouldn't have gotten published. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, five years ago, six years ago, there were, you know, the couple tarot houses, and if you 
you would shop your deck around and maybe, and they could only produce so many, uh, a lot even then. But now anyone can do Kickstarter and there's some weird stuff out there now. I saw a deck that was just Kickstarter's called the Mutation Tarot, which is, it's just a Rider Waite with alien-y looking strange sort of mutant people in it. I don't know that it adds anything to the world of tarot, but so I, you know, I was free to not contribute and it managed to, some of these things I think get through because human beings have this desire to see a thing succeed. And, right. uh, uh, and people will push and they'll push and they'll push for their deck and people will keep donating more and more money. And so, especially that last minute, a lot of these decks get funded in the last minute when someone, you know, helps it cross the finish line and that must feel great. Right. But. Well, what was the last deck you, you, you kickstart supported? Um, oh, well, so I loved the, uh, the Tarot of Delphi. Um, we had the creator mm-hmm. on, on, uh, Tarot Visions and it's a, it's, you know, it's lovely and, she had a fresh approach, and what she was needed the funds for, she was very specific about, was she's using all or you know existing artwork, but in order to get a quality deck, she was paying all of the museums that had the original pieces for you know the rights to high quality uh, photos for the use. So I, I kind of knew where all the money was going, and it kind of made sense, and and I got behind it, and mm-hmm. that was fine. Um, but there's so many other like you know decks that are sort of like you know, refrigerator art tarot right, decks right. that someone just feels very strongly about. So they, they tell their mm-hmm. sob story and they get it pub- they get it kickstarted. But well, and, and whether for good or for bad, when it's uh, self-published or crowdfunded like that, it also means that at least there's the opportunity for the, the artist, the deck creator to maintain control over what they're creating mm-hmm. and, and okay. bring their vision to life and to market rather mm-hmm. than having to go through the approval and editing process at a company, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. will often start to strip things out and dilute things and make them change things because they're trying to make it appeal to a certain market mm-hmm. by making or a it market. or a larger market by, by making it similar to something else mm-hmm. rather than giving the artist the opportunity to simply bring their actual vision to life, and I think that, like Rachel Pollock, would be an example of that with the Shining Tribe. Uh, you know, is that was someone who was able to bring their vision into being in the way that they wanted it to look, mm-hmm. rather than having a committee ha- being able to have input on that. And and that to me is the big benefit of this ability to self-publish and do the crowdfunding aspect. Uh-huh. Now, uh, you know, the I'll tell you the the most recent deck that I contributed to or whatever was called it's called slow hauler mm-hmm. um which is a deck created by slow hauler i think that's the name um which is a deck created by um uh gay lesbian trans queer people in the south mm-hmm. uh and it's a really just kind of interesting um imagery and and you know deck and i kind of sometimes like those more collaborative decks um mm-hmm where there's multiple people that are uh, contributing to it rather than it just being one person. You know, if it's just one person, there's a deck that just came out that I also love, which is the Prisma Visions deck. And I don't know that you could possibly have done that with collaborative effort. But that's an example of a single artist being able to bring their vision to life. And then Slow Holler is actually one that's kind of like the, a collaborative effort that's able to come to life and actually happen, which undoubtedly, because there's not the pressure of having to sell a certain number of copies through the crowdfunding process. You right, you, you already have the money to, to print at least a certain number of them. And then if you sell all of those, you may be able to then afford to print more. But you're not 
dependent on being able to get product to market because somebody says we're only going to put out this many and if you don't sell 20 of them we're never going to put any out again the flip side the sort of double-edged sword side of that is that you know so often having that editor is very helpful for the writer or the tarot deck creator um i've noticed so on um tarot deck creation forms like if you go to eclectic tarot form they have the tarot deck creation form and some of the artists who post there they look they're looking for real feedback and um um and uh people will say you know i think this could be a little bit bigger or maybe you might want to change the expression on this character and like they, they uh, even like Chiro marchetti or marsetti so that you you got some feedback and made some changes based on that, and you see so you'll see that that, but then you see a lot of people posting their refrigerator art, um, and then these people who the forum goers who can be super critical of a of a a published tarot deck like a big house published tarot deck, they see the refrigerator of their art, and they no one will step up and say you know you know I just don't think your figure drawing is very good. I don't you know I, I don't I don't I don't think this is quite the way to go. You know uh, it sort of becomes like. This this poor little person. Why would you pick on them? So these these things get created, and then then everyone's wondering like, how come no one bought my deck? <laughs> so well, the, you see the same thing like in music because now everybody can create music, you know, on their computer and um, put it out to the world. They don't have to have a label deal or whatever. Um, and, but then that's and or you see it's I call it the American Idol syndrome where everybody thinks they're entitled to be a star. And and their parents will never tell them that they can't sing, and then they're shocked when somebody tells them that they can't sing very well. Where uh, are the Simon Cowles of the world when we? Well, need right, them? but 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 you see, a, a, a smart artist, whether singer, deck creator, or whatever, is still going to see the value in some of the elements of that other process, like having one or more people that can serve as editors that will give them honest feedback, whether it's mm-hmm. people they know or through a forum like Charlie was talking about. And they're going to be willing to take constructive criticism and, and you know, uh, put it out there in order for that to become the best product or the best creation mm-hmm. possible, rather than to just be deluded in thinking that I'm the best artist yeah. ever and whatever I put out should sell, will sell, and everybody should love it. And if anybody says anything critical, obviously they're the ones that have a problem because there's nothing wrong with what I do. And so that just also starts to show you. And, you know, so you have lots of people still sitting in their bedrooms making music on their computer who keep wondering why they're not famous or why they're not selling millions of copies of their song or, you know, whatever. But it's 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 the... The, the smart artist that sees the ability to now bypass, because in music it would be bypassing the major labels. In debt creation, it's bypassing the major publishers, for perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. But they, they can see the benefit in being able to do that, but they also will not uh, miss out on the benefit that that process could entail by having an editor or other people that are looking at it before it actually goes out to market. Mm. That's true. So another trend that i've noticed um is a sort of back to basics movement in tarot Mm -hmm. um a little bit where so for uh, for a while everyone had to be a tarot reading astrologer a tarot reader astrologer tarot reader shaman tarot reader you know uh intuitive life path regression dominatrix you know and um, I'm noticing lately, and I don't know, maybe maybe I'm, this isn't a thing, and, uh, but uh, I feel like I've been noticing a trend for people to just be tarot readers and going back to the base, and not not demystifying like we were talking about a bit earlier, but um, 
sort of just 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 going back to t- just I'm a tarot reader. Have has anyone noticed anything about this at all? Just me. Oh, I, I, I think, think that. Oh, go ahead, Rose. Good. No, no. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think I think we see it with the the rise in popularity of things like the Lenormand mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. coming back into style because that's a much more back to basics. It's a much more straightforward approach, I mm-hmm. guess you could say, where yeah. it just says this card means this. You don't do a lot of interpretation around it. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it speaks to something that Rose was talking about earlier too. Uh, and it, I, I, when she was talking about like the Andy Griffith thing, and then it kind of fell out of dis, you know, fell out of favor, and then it's kind of started to come back. I think that we see that kind of following the arc of the rise of the religious right. Hmm. Um, because it's it's in the the eighties or so that we start to see that and and the reaction in the tarot community was as it got more and more demonized because this religious right had a much more vocal presence hmm. and started to make certain things evil, bad, etc. Then what the tarot community seemed to do was they said, okay, you know what, we're going to move away from aspects that they're saying make it evil or bad, which was trying to say that the Bible said predicting the future or fortune telling or whatever, you know, was mm-hmm. a, was an evil thing. So we're going to take it in a direction of, of using it in a more self-development, psychological approach. Mm-hmm. And, and facilitating growth, etc. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think now what we're seeing, and I think it also follows the curve as we start to see the 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 polls or the the studies and and that kind of thing come out that say the the percentage of people especially younger people the percentage of people who are identifying as what are called nuns meaning no religious affiliation as opposed is, to the is growing and, and is yeah is, yeah and is now starting to become larger than people who I identify as having a religious affiliation in one particular religion mm-hmm. or another. Um, I think that this is where we see the articles we were talking about and the mainstreaming and starting to say, oh, no, this is a normal thing. This is a part of everything. See, this isn't bad. This is just your neighbor down the street. And now we see that back to basics approach because it says now the the specter of, of badness that was mm-hmm. associated with fortune telling is no longer there because there isn't that religious association for what is evil or bad. Mm-hmm. And so it can become or, or go back to some of its fortune-telling roots uh, because it no longer has to worry about that being the thing that gets it ostracized or made to be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And I, I think also that the fact that we have that movement away from religion as well in the society is helping as well. It's making people go, okay, there's other stuff out there. And, oh, we're not going to get you know persecuted for being interested in it. I think it's important that it be an and rather than an instead of like it's sort of if it's like just a pendulum swinging then it sort of seems like it's always leaving people out but um I love that tarot expanded in you know for some people in the 80s to be more you know maybe it was a reaction but also just you know be to to give you know people who want to do psychological tarot reading you know or uh creative thinking tarot reading or um you know inner exploration tarot reading like a, a venue and it's sort of it's great and i like the part of this of the back to basics thing where so now also it might be i'm seeing more and more people identify as fortune tellers i just don't want it to ever be instead of like and you know like and you read like i mean the three of us have very different you know styles of tarot reading but we can come together for a greater cause <laughs> so I just, I, I, 
I like it when culture can be pluralist about about these things and okay. as opposed to like now we must do it this way throw out your your books of the last 20 years we're starting over well i agree i mean I'm, i think it's a good thing that we had that and i think what it did is it helped Turo to evolve and mm-hmm. and become something more than what it was and i don't think it should lose that aspect but i think that it did swing too far where it tried to almost lose the fortune telling aspect and now that's kind of being drawn back into it that hopefully will create some sort of a, a a stew, some sort of a mutation that incorporates aspects of both of those things. And then we'll also see if there may be something else that can come in that informs what Tarot is and how it's used as well. Speaking of the sort of different views on what Tarot reading is, uh, there's been an interesting sort of kerfluffle over the last uh, a year and a half or so about the place of Tarot reading on online auction sites and, and uh, marketplaces, uh, famously eBay first um, outlawed, not outlawed, banned uh, auctions for things with occult promises, so spells and tarot readings and um, that sort of, that sort of thing. And then uh, for a while, Etsy was also kind of refining its process about that. Um, there was a bit of a confusion about Etsy's position. They've clarified that you can sell a reading. You just can't make claims that it will definitely affect the person's weight or love life or the ability to gain revenge upon their friends. What have you guys thought of this sort of uh, banning or or, or uh, restricting of uh, tarot in these places? Well, I've been... I, I get disappointed that everything gets lumped into one thing. The occult. <laughs> which which seems to be a very wide net for some mm-hmm. places and some people. Uh, and, and a lot of things get caught up in that that really shouldn't and are really very legitimate in what they have to offer. Uh, you know, and and I think part of that is when one or two bad apples, let us say, uh, come in and do something that cheat people or whatever, if it's in the in, under that occult umbrella... Mm-hmm. It says, oh, those those one or two people did something bad. Therefore, everyone that does anything under that umbrella must be bad. We ban the whole thing. But if you had somebody who made ceramic mugs and they were sending out an inferior product, it would just be seen as that's a bad seller. But every other ceramics making person is fine. There, there's no tarnish on any other image of any other ceramics maker. And so that's the frustrating part for me is that they lump everything together, and then if it, if any one person, one thing is seen as somehow having been bad, it means everything about that is bad, and and that is unfortunate. Truth, and and I think that you know tarot reading is very different than than say you know spells per se, um, because again you've got some there is a product, there's the reading, you can take a picture of it, you can send the person a write up, you don't necessarily have to say here this will you know this book will change your life um but then it could you know you're not necessarily going to not give them something for the exchange if you will does that make sense yes and 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 we ran into that problem at the sacred well where i work Mm. because we were just in the process of setting up an etsy store (laughs) to uh sell our various in-house products um Mm -hmm. such as oils and sprays and herb blends and powders and baths and those kind of things. And one of the the things that came up for us was 
even if we could just not make the claim and and give a more generic description, mm-hmm. we were uncomfortable with our money going to a company mm-hmm. that was obviously anti what we stand for and who we are and what community we're part of. Right. And and I see that that, that can be an issue. Um, but then again, is it the whole company is that way or not? You know, that's the problem is there's enough of the corporate out there that's welcoming, but it's not everyone, so you're never sure who, you know, how much is actual the corporation or that person who happens to be on duty at that moment going through the the sites and saying this, yes, this, no, this, yes, this, no, that. So it's, it's kind of frustrating, I would think. Yeah, for me, I kind of, kind of like similarly to high C, like I, I only get a slightly irked by it in that, oh, here's a place that tarot isn't or isn't allowed or can't be. We don't serve your kind here, you know, um, and uh, I... Yeah, I agree that it's sort of unfortunate that, like, the, the perception then becomes, I think, to the, the general public is that, oh, well, then fortune-telling must be a scam because all of them are, you know, banned. It's not just, you know, it's an eBay. It's not individualistic. Yeah, it's not like problem, you know, for, fraud, fraudulent people are banned. It's the tarot readings banned, therefore tarot is fraudulent. I mm-hmm. I hope this turns out to be good for the actual, all those people selling their, like, I remember on eBay, readings were going for, like, 99 cents or $5, and I thought, oh, dear Lord, like, if you're selling a tarot reading for 99 cents, honey, like, what are you doing? Like, you could, there's better uses for your time. So unless, I don't know, maybe they got kicks out of it. So I, I'm thinking I might try to take Etsy to court. I'm going to say that they are, you know, uh, going against my deeply held religious beliefs. There we go. And are discriminating against me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, I should have the right to be able to be on there. Uh, don't do it in Oregon. Why? <laughs> What's going on in Oregon? No, Never mind. No, no, that sounds good. What's going on in Oregon? Is there some sort of secret like uprising of the Inquisition in Oregon we should know about, Rose? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was just, I. It's a crossover uh, discussion of something else. That that the or Oregon State has a, a non uh, discretion uh, discrimination clause of um, in the state, so no service can ban somebody based on a something that they cannot change about themselves. So if you are African-American or if you are uh, gay and lesbian, just because you happen to have that, you cannot go into a place and not be served because of it. So there's this whole cake thing that I didn't really want to get into. Um, but again, yeah, the went, cake, all those yeah. bakers, you have to bake cakes yeah. for tarot readers weddings. Yeah, exactly. So but if you don't believe in tarot reading, is that being a religious discrimination? So that's the question. But again, that's you need to just check into that if you're going to actually pursue that. Make sure that that, that long helps you <laughs> versus hurts you. There we go. That, that was the point of that silliness. Right on. Um, no, absolutely. Lovely. So we'll go to high C. Let's go to court. We'll wear some nice conservative blue suits. and I and want sorry. pictures of that. That's right. <laughs> and I want cap- pictures of that. Mm-hmm. I bet I could make billions. There we go. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys, for this uh, little round table uh, or oblong table or whatever you're sitting at. Triangle <laughs> table. Of uh, the, the uh, whichever episode you thought you were listening to, the Terror Visions or Amethyst Oracle. It's great to have these two worlds collide. Uh, but thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I find out that everybody talks
Divination with a queer twist with hosts Hi C and Charlie Harrington on Firefly Willows LIVE. And welcome back. This is High C, and I am, of course, joined by Charlie after our invigorating discussion about trends in Tarot. Hello, hello, how are you? Hello, welcome back after our little musical break. It was, it was a nice little musical. Who was that? Uh, that is Neon Trees. Neon Trees, I'm into it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, hopefully, there was food for thought in that conversation. <laughs> it was a smorgasbord. It was, or it was it at least, was. it was sort of like um, a It was buffet. a buffet, yes. A buffet, a bit of everything. There was something there for people to choose from. Perhaps not everything is for them, but surely there was something there that could prompt thought, prompt action. So we hope people enjoy that. Angry email. <laughs> That's right. We'll take we look okay. forward to your compliments as well as your rantings and ravings. That's right. If, you, if Stuart Kaplan's listening, please decry us on Twitter. <laughs> we could use the rating. I say I, he was. Uh, I did. Is he still alive? Oh yeah, yeah. Is he one of those? Oh, well, right like one of those tarot celebrities that like always get that question. Like, isn't he dead? 
<laughs> <laughs> he's alive and uh, has his, his fame. And he's done a lot for the world of tarot, and then he's also kind of a rubber baron. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we need to we need to belabor the point. There we go. <laughs> <clears throat> so this, of course, come together. That's right. So this, of course, has brought us to that regular portion of our show each month called Living the Queer Life. Yeah. And this is this is where we simply pull a card to look at the upcoming month and say, what would be in our highest interest? What is going to help us to navigate through the coming month in the most successful, beneficial, and auspicious way possible? and also help us live our queerest self, meaning our most unique and individual self and not sacrificing that, diluting that, or <clears throat> hiding that in the shadows as we move through the month. So. And, um, I have pulled a card from the Druid Animal Oracle. I think you've probably seen the Druid Animal Oracle, right? I see. I, I have, and it's very funny because uh, um, uh, I just, I actually had never seen it before until just yesterday when we sold one at the store. And then I was looking a, at it. It's probably the number two animal oracle uh, that's out there, the number one being the medicine cards, probably the one most people yes. are familiar with, which are based on like Native American spirituality. But so the Druid Animal Oracle is based on sort of Celtic understandings of certain animals. And uh, I uh, pulled from it. Kind of there's, um, there's all sorts of animals that are native to Britain. And there's four other cards that are the four dragons, the dragons of air, earth, fire, and water. And these are kind of a modern addition. Um, I don't know that people in, <laughs> in the ancient Celtic world... Uh, separate classed out their dragons by uh, element, you know, or anything Dungeons and Dragons. However, we pulled, I pulled the air dragon and the air dragon in the Druid tradition um, represents inspiration, insight, and vitality. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm reading from the book. I, I this is not one I use all the time. So um, what's interesting is so uh, coming with the, the air, coming into contact with the air dragon can be as a bolt of lightning to the psyche and intellect and as such, must be treated with care and considerable respect. So it's, it's uh, sometimes manifesting as sudden flashes of illumination. My uh, advice would be that at this time, the sort of ideas that just come to you <clears throat> sort of out of nowhere are to be explored. Um, another thing that it can indicate is that... Um, uh, when this card comes up, you might be in danger of becoming the servant of an idea, dogma, or belief. Contact with spiritual concepts and energies can sometimes stimulate the intellect <clears throat> in a way that produces inflation and delusion. So to avoid this constant reality testing in everyday world of relationships and practice, <clears throat> to avoid this, um, coming into contact with reality testing in your everyday life. So it's um, basically, if you get an idea, it comes out of nowhere, and you want to know what you're supposed to do with it, just just test it out. Explore it in the real world and see if it leads to something wonderful in your life. Uh, the air dragon, the, the lightning bolts to your mind. Well, all right then. 
And I find it amusing that you decided to go with a, an oracle that you don't normally use. Uh, yeah, I also yeah. chose to to use something other than tarot. It's not that it's something that's unfamiliar to me. It's just tarot like we would normally use. Mm -hmm. uh, so I chose to look for a crystal for the month that might have a, a message or an indication as to what would be most helpful and beneficial for us. And the crystal that came up, which uh, fortunately is very easy to find. Um, and uh, uh, well, and just so you know, I was, I'm using the, the Crystal Ally um, Oracle by Naisha Asian um, to choose this. So the stone that came up, the crystal that came up is sunstone. And sunstone shows us that it's time for us to step into the spotlight, to not hide away in the coming month, but to put ourselves out there and also to be willing to step into opportunities where there may be a role of some sort of leadership, um, whether it's leading a team or just someone who is leading a conversation. Um, Sunstone is really good for helping to stimulate confidence and courage in ourselves to um, shine as brightly as we can in the world and to go after what it is that we want uh, rather than to lack the courage or the confidence that might um, cause us to step back or to hesitate um, in, in moving towards or going after or taking the actions necessary to pursue and achieve what it is that we really want in ourselves or in our lives. Um, and part of what Sunstone reminds us, uh, it, it, it's a, ca a card, it's a, a stone or a crystal of leadership, which is why we have that sense of being in the spotlight, stepping into that role in this coming month. Um, but it does also remind us to make sure that whatever we're doing, saying, or going after, that we are checking in on what our motivations are so that our um, motivations aren't necessarily ego-based, where it's just, I, I want what I want and I'm going to get it however I can. Instead, it's, it's about recognizing how we can go about doing that and what it might benefit for everyone or at least benefit me but not at the expense of other people uh, so it's it's making sure we understand what our reasons and motivations are behind what we're doing saying and going after this coming month but certainly not to hold back from going after our goals and ambitions and desires just making sure we're doing so from a right place uh, sunstone also reminds us that there is great value in, and this is where the ego thing comes in too, in not having to somehow prove to the world that you are, that you know it all and that you can do everything. Sunstone also reminds us of the value in seeking out others who have been successful in some way related to what we're trying to do and looking to them for advice, for guidance, um, for assistance. Uh, so it, it, we don't have to know everything. We don't have to be able to do everything. 
And a lot of times that's what holds people back because they think, well, I don't have that experience. I don't know that. Therefore, I better not put myself out there because I'll just look stupid or people will think I'm not capable because I don't know something. And Sunstone reminds us that's not the case at all. Um, and that it actually takes, it's a better leader who is able to say, I don't know, and then know how to find the resources for what is needed to be known or to be done, rather than someone who seemingly wants to try to come across as knowing everything, but then falls short because they didn't ask other people, which creates complications and problems. So one thing I will tell you about crystals is if you're going to use them for yourself, then you want to keep them within three feet of you, which means carrying them in a pocket, wearing them as jewelry of some sort. Uh, you can also, uh, for example, sunstone is easily you can do this. Um, put one in a, a glass of water or put it in a pitcher of water that you keep around. It will charge that water. You can speak the intention into it. And then whenever you drink the water, you take the energy in of that stone. Uh, you could put it into a bath to in infuse and charge yourself with that energy. Uh, you can have it in a room or a space which will fill that space with the energy. So I would encourage people to um, seek out a piece of sunstone. Uh, I would remind people to make sure that you stay in the spotlight, find where it is that you can shine and not be hesitant to put yourself out there or to step up when opportunity comes to lead in some way uh, during the coming month. So there you we both, are. <clears throat> we both uh, had oracles about inspiration. So uh, ideas will be coming to people. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, and, and with Sunstone, it, the ideas may be there in the head, but what Sunstone does is it motivates that third chakra. It comes down to that core and says, okay, you've got the idea. Now let's make something happen with it. Let's, let's pursue manifesting that idea or putting that plan into action or making those ideas real rather than just continuing to think about them or ponder them or talk and talk and talk around them, but not be doing anything with them. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So there you are. Find find your air dragon. Was it an air dragon? Air dragon, your sunstone, you'll be set. That's right. And, and I mean, I, I would encourage people if you wanted, like, print out a picture, just Google air dragon, find an image that go. you like, you know, print that sure. out, on it. keep 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 your sunstone sitting on it or print it out small and, and wrap the sunstone in it so that you can carry it in your pocket that way. Um, so that would be a great way to combine those energies and carry them with you and really tap into them and have them there accessible whenever you need them and feeding you. I like it. It's a nice combo. It is. So we will now take a quick break. If people would like to get a reading, then we would encourage you to connect in from the show page. The phone number there is 646-716-5510. I believe Blog Talk has made some changes, and I'm not quite sure if the, the Skype button and the, the option to call in with Skype is still available. But if it is, you'll see it there on the the show page. Otherwise, there may be something else, uh, another type of button, because I know they're also using something now called Direct Connect. 
um, that you may use as well. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be back right after this. All the girls on the black Divination with a Queer Twist with hosts Hi C and Charlie Harrington. Find out more at Facebook.com slash The Amethyst Oracle. And we are back. Another festive little musical break for us there. <laughs> so who was that? I actually like she sang something about potions, but there was a It was, but that's a song called Black Magic. Black by, Magic. Yes. By Little Mix. There's also a great cocktail called a black magic, I believe. So. Oh, really? But I think it involves wow. Kahlua, which I'm not really. A... <laughs> it's not really your potion. Your, your potion it, of choice. It's not my normal potion. Well, a white Russian, but uh, what? Well, we don't need to know about your proclivities. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Lucas or Johan or. <laughs> Whatever, they get their check. Anyway, a fabulous uh, month for a buffet, I see. Um, and I look forward to doing this again. Yes. Normally, this would be our part of the show where we would uh, do readings for people, but it seems everyone is out enjoying a, a wonderful summer evening. Um, so we have no callers. So we're going to simply move to the conclusion of our show. But hopefully, you still have something to certainly. Uh, chew on with 
the air dragon and the sunstone crystal that you can think about what they mean to you. Uh, something that we said happened to spark something in you and to go out and get those or at least take what it is that they had to offer and put that into action in this coming month. Uh, and we get a person live and there in the flesh right before you, heating and breathing. Oh, my. Uh, you're going to have an opportunity next month, <clears throat> actually, um, at the Bay Area Tarot Symposium. Fact, you have true. a free ride this year, don't you? Well, yes, but only because I was lucky enough to win the raffle last year yeah. of the, right the free ticket <laughs> for the following year. So it, it was a very exciting moment, you know, uh, uh, and I, I'm quite looking forward to it. Um, and uh, I believe that that is happening August 15th and 16th at the so. Doubletree Hotel in San Jose, California. Yeah, uh, and you can find there. And, and you can out. find information about it at uh, D as in David O divination at uh, no sorry dot com. <laughs> uh, divination dot com. Yeah, do divination dot com, and there will be all the information you need for what's going on, how to register, etc. Uh, and we will have our next show just before that, as we always do the second Tuesdays of each month. And our next show will be on August eleventh. Um, so maybe we'll have a few little exciting hints, secrets, tidbits, uh, gossip about what's coming up for bats that following weekend. So make sure you listen in for that. Yeah, we'll be among the bats. There's that will be bats in our belfry. That's right. And since we will be at that point in August, we will be in the middle of a Venus retrograde, which starts July 25th. I'm just going to tell people pay attention because there's a high likelihood that people and relationships from the past may pop up into your life in some way. You want to keep an eye out and perhaps recognize the opportunity to somehow revisit those um, because they are popping up for a reason and it may now be time or there may be opportunity for closure or whatever it might be, but do pay attention. That's from July 25th through this would be the month to drunk text your ex. Well, yes, uh, particularly after July 25th through okay. September 6th, but you could, you could set the stage now <laughs> um, and then maybe have an in-person meeting after the 25th. There we so, go. And, and I wish everyone a happy new moon in Cancer tomorrow. Right. Well, take so. care, my dear, and I'll see you again then and then shortly after that among the bats yes it's true so until august 11th we bid you farewell the amethyst Divination with a Divination queer, with a queer twist. twist. Divination with a queer twist. The Amethyst Oracle. Thank you for joining us. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Caracella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E for Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lizney. Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. 
Sí.